He is leader of the Kingdom Movement Ministry and Kingdom Youth Conferences, which our teens are going to be uh, enjoying at the end of April, towards the end of April. That conference is coming to Houston. He travels all over the country with this conference, doing amazing things with teens, just uh, seeing souls one to the kingdom for God in, in our youth, which is just such a beautiful, uh, important thing in this day and age. And uh, But today he gets to come talk to us grown-ups, and I am so glad uh, to hear what he has to say. I just encourage you to open your heart, open your ears, and receive whatever God has to say through him. Let's give him a warm generation's church welcome to Ryan Edberg. Well, good morning. I've been here a couple times. Were you guys here then? Oh, good. I'll just pick up where I left off. It's uh, it's. Really good to be here again and uh, just getting to minister, like I said before. Um, it's an honor when you get to speak because today you cannot just hand the microphone over to anybody. So when a pastor hands you the microphone, it is an honor because it says that they trust you with their their people. So thank you guys very much for letting me be here. And uh, I just bless this church and, and honor the pastor very much. Um, he said we were get to do a love offering at the end, so I wanted to let you guys know that that love offering will be going towards a horse and buggy so that we can get to all the conferences now. Diesel is too high. We can't afford to go anymore. <laughs> when uh, I, we did the last one, we went from uh, Oklahoma to Tennessee. We went and did one there last weekend and um, handed uh, the receipt over for the first gas fill and we had to lay hands on it for a moment. Um, but yeah, it was an expensive little trip, but it was awesome. It was worth doing. Last week, um, we had about uh, 40-some students come forward and receive Jesus for the first time. And uh, yeah, it was awesome. It, it's a different generation right now. And I was going through the statistics um, and we were, we were kind of presenting something to the board. And I was in shock at what this generation is going through and just this, the struggles that they, they're facing. And this world is after our youth like crazy. And the church needs to uh, stand up and go after the youth like never before. We even had uh, last week the youth pastor came in to me and after day one and on day two she came up and hugged me crying a little bit and said uh, one of my students had told me they were going to commit suicide. And uh, they've decided that they not... They're not going to do that. We're getting her help, and she confessed that to me. So um, it is a generation that is hurting. They feel alone, and they're looking for hope, and we have that hope in, in Jesus Christ. Amen. So how many of you were here last time that I was here? Bonus points. Do you remember what I talked on? I always talk on faith. That's just, was it the Bible? You know, Jesus, it was Jesus. A little more specific, faith in Jesus, and to read your Bible. Oh my! I taught on shalom. Oh, there it is. So I'm going to start over. I had a message for this morning, but I'm going to go back to last time I was here. I'm going to start over there. Now I'm going to pick up where I left off last time because if, if um, when I teach on shalom and I talk about what shalom actually means, it means prosperity, wholeness, completeness, um, all wrapped into one. And so when you, you teach on that, um, you get that revelation of shalom and the goodness of God, everything that the cross paid for, amen? Uh, you get that revelation, and then you come to the spot right after where you're like, I believe that. 
And then a few weeks after that, you get frustrated because why haven't I received that? <laughs> right? So this morning, I'm going to talk on how to go from believing to receiving. All right. So I'm hoping you get something out of it. And if you want to, you can turn in your Bibles with me, if you brought your Bibles or your smart device, to Second uh, Peter uh, 1. And I'm going to start in 2. And it says this. It says, grace and peace be multiplied to you. Now, let me stop for a moment, and grace, just to make it simple, is something that you don't deserve, but you got anyways. It is everything that the cross paid for. So, it is literally that shalom, because it says next, grace and peace, and that peace is that translated from the Hebrew word shalom, which is wholeness, completeness, it's a blessing on your whole family, your property, your health, everything about you is is this blessing. So it says, grace and peace be multiplied. I don't know about you, but I love multiplication. <laughs> it says, be multiplied to you. How? In the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. So you get this blessing when you, you begin to advance in your understanding of who God is. And it says, and his divine power has been given uh, to us all things that pertain to life and goodness through the knowledge of him who has called us by the glory and virtue by which we have been given, um, given us exceedingly great precious promises. Now this is huge. Exceedingly and great precious promises. Now these are the promises of the Bible that um, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory, that by his stripes you were healed, that you're going to get the peace that passes all understanding. All of these crazy promises that seem too good to be true in the Bible. These are what is promised to you, but not only promised to you, but they are multiplied onto you. It's a multiplication. It goes more and more and more. How? By your understanding of who Jesus is. I think the biggest thing today is identity. The world's fighting a whole generation on identity. And they do that because the greatest thing in life is your identity in Christ. And so if we can confuse people on their identity, you'll never know who you are in Christ. And that's how you get breakthrough in life, is when you understand who you are in Christ and you have a right revelation of who he is. Because if you don't have a right revelation of who he is, it's hard to receive from him. I went into, um, I'd got my uh, license to be a pastor through a church in Living Word. It's a, a really big church. Um, when I preach there, it's five services and by the, the second one, or third one, I'm really confused at where I'm at in my message, because I feel like I just said that, <laughs> and I did. Um, but when I, would, I came into the church there, I came in with the interns, and I was preaching, and um, everybody came up, and they were talking to the interns. They said, is Pastor, um, is Pastor Ryan here? And they're like, no, we don't, we don't know Pastor Ryan. And <laughs> they were laughing, they're like, you don't know Pastor Ryan? No, I have no clue. We could go, look, where is he going to be? And they're like, no, you rode with him. And they're like, oh, Pastor Ryan? That's Ryan Edberg? <laughs> and they laughed because they'd never thought of me as pastor. We'd just been hanging out. I'd just gotten my license. But everybody at the church came up to me, and they're like, hey, Pastor, how's it going? Hey, And I, I felt like, well, don't call me pastor. That's kind of weird. Like, I don't feel like I'm a pastor. Uh, ask my kids. Um, but they were doing that, and I talked to the pastor after, and I said, did you tell them to call me pastor? That just seems weird. And he said, 
uh, no, but don't ever stop somebody from doing that. And I'm like, well, I might have already. But he said, don't ever do that. He said, you don't understand what somebody is going to go through in life. And their expectation of you and the way that they view you is how they're going to receive and get a breakthrough so you don't ever stop somebody because you could be the miracle that they're going through and I began to look at the he, he began to show me and tell me he said you look at the the miracles in the life of Jesus he said people that came up to him and said teacher teach us something and he came up with some uh Dr. Seuss nursery rhyme riddle that was like you know birds have nest and fox have holes and he doesn't say it plainly and he's just kind of giving them this this word puzzle and then people that came up and said lord and fell at his feet he gave them everything and it was the way that they perceived jesus if it was a teacher or if it was lord is how they received from him and so the way that you view god is how you're going to receive. And some of that has to do with even um, our life experiences. So you had a a father that wasn't that great here. It's hard to understand a great father there. So it's hard for you to receive from your heavenly father if you've never received from an earthly father. And we really read the Bible through our lens of our experience instead of reading the word of God to change our experience. Amen? Are you following me? I believe the word of God 100%. It is the greatest thing in the whole world. It's not just a, a, a bunch of stories that are really good from way back when, but it is literally a roadmap to victory if you believe it and you make it your own. So I'm going to go into this. And last time when I was um, preaching, I had talked on Shalom. I went through Hebrews 4. If you remember, you all nod at me like, yeah, I, I remember that for sure. And Hebrews 4 in verse 2, it says this. Paul's talking and he says, The word was preached to them as well as to them, but to them it was of no use. It didn't profit them. The word of God should profit you, amen? You should be seeing results in your life, right? So when you sow into the word of God, I expect a harvest, right? When you work the word, the word works. So the word of God didn't profit them, Because it wasn't mixed with their faith. What that means is, when the word of God is preached, you can look at all around the world. All different churches are all reading the same Bible, if they're Christians. They're all reading the same Bible, and yet they're getting different results. Just in the U.S., a whole bunch of different denominations reading the same Bible, getting different results. In the same denomination... In the same church, under the same pastor, hearing the same message, getting different results. What is that? It's they took the word and they made it their own. They took the word that they heard and they believed it. It's that revelation moment where you say, I believe that so much that I'm going to act upon it. So many people hear the right information and they say, that was good. And they go away, never get the results because it wasn't good enough to change something in your life. And it's what Paul was saying. The the word of God didn't profit them because it wasn't mixed with their faith. It's that word that you take and you make it your own. I I think I use this example, but if I was to go into the the hospital and say, you know, doctor, you got to save my life. Like, I'm 
feeling like I'm going to die. And he does a bunch of tests and he says, I've got great news. Uh, you're not going to die. You're dehydrated. We need to get some fluids in you. You need to drink something and we, you'll be all right. You can probably leave tomorrow. And I say, praise God, this is the best news I've ever heard. And then tomorrow I die because I didn't take a drink of water. Right? I can have the correct information, but until I apply that to my life and I make it mine, until I use it, then it's just good information that never did anything in my life. And this is what Paul was talking about in Hebrews 4, about taking that and making it. So I'm going to explain today how to go from believing it to receiving it. There it is. Because that's the, that's the hardest thing as Christians, and I, I hate that as a as a traveling evangelist, it's, it's the good thing about traveling is I get to say whatever I want from the Bible and I get to leave. <laughs> the hardest thing is pastors on the front line who have to preach it and then walk you through it. <laughs> right? It, I tried pastoring for a year. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Whew, that's hard stuff. And people want counseling all the time. Like, you didn't listen the first 12 times. Well, I... I'm telling you how to win, okay, and then they don't do it. I'm telling you how to win, and then they don't do it. Why didn't you listen? Pastor, I need help. I don't think you want help. <laughs> Walking it through is a lot harder than me telling you. I'd rather come in here and preach on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego than walk through a fire. You know what I mean? I'd rather teach you on faith than have to work my faith <laughs> to see a miracle. And so today I'm going to show you the different ways and what I've learned on how to go from believing to receiving. And I hope that this blesses you. In uh, James 1, go there really quick, 22. This goes along with what we were talking about in um, 2 Peter. But it says in James 1, 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving yourself. You know, if you just... Um, hear the word and you don't do something with it, you're deceiving yourself. It says, for if anyone hears, is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. That's pretty strong. To say, you know, the word of God is supposed to be like a mirror to you. We use it as a club in church to get people to act straight, right? <laughs> Line up. It says this. Whack. You know, it's supposed to be a mirror where you look at it and you see yourself. Uh, oh, this is what, who it says I am? Okay, well, I'm on fire. Then you go out into the world and you hear everything else. So the first thing about um, going from believing to receiving is watch what you put in your ears. Watch what you're hearing and what you're listening to. Because I'm telling you, I could, we could do a poll in here, and it, it might be embarrassing even for myself of how many of you read the word at least 10 minutes a day? How many read it 30 minutes a day? How many read it an hour a day? Okay, you go through that, it might be a little bit, well, I haven't got to it this week yet. But how much have you listened to what the world is telling you? So what is your greatest influence? And we wonder why we're not receiving what the word says when 99% of what we're hearing contradicts the word. So be careful what you put into your ears. Be careful what you're, you're letting um, come in. And then we have verses that say, take every thought captive. It doesn't just say, take the good thoughts captive. 
doesn't say take bad thoughts captive. Take every thought captive. So as soon as you get a thought, grab it. Okay, does this line up with the word of God? No, it doesn't at all. I'm going to throw that out. That's fear-based. I don't want anything to do with that. And you throw it out. And then you grab another thought. Yes, this does line up with the word. I'm going to meditate on it. I'm going to let this be what I think on all day long. Why? Because I need my breakthrough. Right? So taking every thought captive. Be careful of what you hear. It says in uh, James 1.25, if you keep going down in that same verse, it says, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it is a doer of it and is not a forgetful hearer, but is a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Going from believing to receiving. And then I started to look through that and there's this hard part. So be careful of what you let into your ears. And be careful who you're letting around, even in your circle. I'm not talking about, hey, I can't be friends with you. You know, you're negative all the time. But maybe that's not um, your everyday conversation. You know, Jesus did have um, a big group that he ministered to. And then there was 12. And then there was three. So be careful who you're letting in your circle if it's always negative, if it's contradicting something that God has called you to do, if you're going through a breakthrough. I actually went to, um, we were in Kansas, and I was uh, preaching, and God had stopped me. It was just like this, and there's an older guy in the front, um, as good looking as John, and I was saying, I, I just, I was preaching, and I stopped, and I looked at him, and I said, hey, I don't know what this is about, but God says to keep fighting. Your victory's on the other side. People are going to give you, have you give up, but don't give up. You're going to win. Just keep fighting. And then I just kept going into my message. I didn't know anything about that. I don't know what he was going through. It could have been like a Lego set maybe he was building. I have no clue. But the pastor came up to me after and said, um, you know that guy was given uh, less than two months to live. And I said, well, I wish I would have known that sooner. I probably wouldn't have said anything. <laughs> right? My faith wouldn't have been big enough for that. Even if, God, if they would have told me that and God's like, hey, tell him he's going to win. I'm like, no, Lord. Let's just show him he'll win. <laughs> right? So I said that to him. And then I, I went away. I'm like, oh, my goodness. That's awful. Well, he went to um, a Bible study the next morning. And in Bible study, there was a pastor there. And the pastor literally said to him, there's healing and victory on the other side. It's okay to die. Thank you, Jesus. If that doesn't bless you, right? And one of the guys in this, he said, remember what Ryan said the other day at church, and you remember what he said. I believe that was from God. And he wrote out this verse, and he started to go through healing. He just started claiming healing, and that guy is still alive today. It's two years later. <laughs> they couldn't find any cancer in his body. And it was, be careful who you let around you, because you could have somebody in your life, even a Christian who means well, that doesn't know what to say in the moment, that just says, well, you'll just be another one of his angels. How about fight? The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. How about get your victory, right? Even if you die, I'd rather die fighting than quit. I'd rather die believing the word of God than have never tried it. So going through that, and then be careful what comes out your mouth. <laughs> Don't shout me down. <laughs> we 
Well, not me. Matthew 15 and 16. I'm going to tell you a little testimony real quick before. When I was sitting over there, um, I was starting to get dizzy, and I had to sit down, and I took off my coat, and I drank a lot of water, and I thought I'm going to hand the microphone to John, and I'm not going to finish this message. But I think it was the seafood last night that I saved on the dresser. But as I'm preaching, <laughs> I'm so much better. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. But if I do fall over, hands prayed, all right? No, I'm feeling awesome now. But let's read this. It says in Matthew 15, 16 through 20, um, Jesus said, are you also still without understanding? Do you not yet understand that whatever enters a mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth comes from the heart. And they defile a man, for out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulterers, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemes. These are things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. He's talking about what goes in your mouth, not that big of a deal. What comes out of your mouth, it's coming out of your heart. And I've said this for a long time, as Christians and coming to church, we're really, really good at knowing what to say. Right? We're so fake. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored, brother. And inside you're like, oh, I just want to die. Right? Uh, we're, uh, how are you doing? Oh, man, it, things couldn't be. God is good all the time. And you're like, it doesn't feel like all the time. It feels like, where are you at, Lord? Let's be honest. Yet we're saying the right things. Why? Because we know it's the right thing to say. It's not our belief system. It's the right thing to say. And so I was, I was praying with one of our interns, his uh, father, Jimmy. I don't know if you remember him here at Curly Head. His dad was here, and uh, he had cancer. And we were praying with him, and he couldn't get out of bed. He was getting up then. He looked like the grandpa on Willy Wonka, laid in bed, and now he's dancing through the house. And then he'd go back to bed, couldn't get out of bed. And we were on, like, what's going on? Like, it's like victory and then back there, and um, he passed. And it was really hard for our team. And just to see that, because we were praying, we were believing. But even, like, as a young man, as Christians, Jimmy, his mom, they were in this spot, and I can't imagine being in that spot. I really can't. Um, but they were, like, full of faith, and then, please, God, don't take him. This is going to be bad. I don't know how to do this. And it was, we're believing for healing, but we're also getting everything prepared for when he dies. And it was back and forth, back and forth, and I could see this, and you can see it as well. You know what somebody's actual belief system, not what they're saying, but hang out with them for a little bit, and you hear their conversation behind, you know what they believe. You know what they're actually believing in their heart. And that's not a condemnation thing. Because I need to remind myself every single day. Like, I'll get into an event that looks like it's going to be a failure. I look, go into something where finances are the business and things are going wrong. And I need to remind myself, no, you need to get back in the word because I can hear what's coming out of my mouth. This is going to be bad. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know how we're going to pull this event off. Wait a second. That contradicts everything that says God's going to be with me. 
So I need to go and remind myself. The same thing is you can hear what people are believing. And what happens is we know what to say because we've heard it, but it's not our belief system yet. So let's keep going with this. So watch what you put in your ears. Watch what comes out of your mouth. And then second is your mind and your belief system. So in the word, it'll go from mind to heart, back and forth. Because what you think on, that's really your heart, but you can't think with your heart. It's really your core belief system. Um, it says in Proverbs 23, 7, it says, as a man thinks, so he is. You are literally getting what you're believing for. <laughs> How do I know that? The word says so. And we're like, well, it doesn't, and sometimes it's a process. I'm not, this is not a condemnation message at all. I need to pick myself, I'll give you, a, I'll give you an example of myself, <laughs> right? It, I was going through this time of, we were putting on the youth conferences, I was going to lose $100,000 our first year. I was, couldn't get out of bed in the morning because I was terrified of life and I didn't know what to do. And people that had promised they were going to come through financially did not. And I wasn't going to cancel on bands. I wasn't going to cancel on speakers. I wasn't cancel the events. Ticket sales weren't what they were going to be. And I'm talking to my wife and I'm saying, I'm going to lose $100,000. And she said, we don't have $100,000 or even close. We don't have five. How, what are you going to do? And my answer was, I have no clue. I'm going to lay in bed and hope things get better. Right? And so I'm telling you guys this because I understand. I'm not preaching this to you. I'm preaching it to me, and if you want to listen, great. But I was there, and what picked me up is, honestly, I was listening to Andrew Womack for about eight hours a day, getting that in my head, and, uh, you know, just that voice, Ryan, you got to pull yourself up. <laughs> Who cares about your emotions? I'm like, okay. And I started to believe again. I started to, okay. I, I can do this. And what really switched it is not a, a yay Ryan moment, but a Ryan, you're an idiot moment. But my mom had called me. So you may know her. She helped with the conferences. Called me and said, I don't know what you guys are doing or what's going on, but we have a, a line of credit that you can use, and I think God wants you to use it. It's $100,000. You can pay it off whenever you want. And I was like, yay! <laughs> but here's the sad part. My ticket sales didn't change. The, what I owed people didn't change. Nothing changed about what that was. What changed was I heard my mommy say, I've got you, when my daddy, my heavenly father, had already said, I got you. And it wasn't good enough for me. The word of God said that I will supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory. And I didn't believe it enough that it made me lay in bed until my actual mommy said, I've got you. Then I was like, I'm going to make it. Why? Because the word of my mom was greater than God. Have you been in that spot? Let's be real. Like, if somebody came up to you and you're, you're struggling with your house payment, and somebody says, hey, I'm going to get that covered for you. They may have not given you the check. They may have not done anything. But that's enough for you to say, I'm taken care of. When yet, God has already said, I've got you taken care of. But we don't believe it yet. So we don't receive it. It says that these signs will follow believers. Right. <laughs> help me, God. Help me, God. And then I'll believe in your goodness. No, believe in me. And I'll show you the goodness. 
it makes it manifest. It makes it happen when you put your faith in it. That's why it says everything we do is by faith. So when I come next time, you can say I preached on faith. It always comes down to faith. Everything we do, we live by faith. We're saved by faith, right? We receive by faith. Everything is by faith. But yet, it's the easiest, easiest concept, but the hardest to pull off. Why? Because we let anything go into our ears. We let everything besides the word. We don't spend enough time with the word as our greatest influence in our lives. We let everything else, and then if we've got time, we'll go to the word and spend a little bit of time with God. And our life is a result of that. Oh, there's a harsh message. I, don't, I wasn't even planning to go there, but <clears throat> go to James really quick. James 1, and I'm almost, I say almost finished, but you know how that goes. <laughs> in James 1, it says, in, uh, starting in 2, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. I want to stop there for a moment just because I want to see this. Sometimes when we go through hard stuff, we say, God's trying to teach me something. God, what are you trying to show me through this? <laughs> Maybe the devil's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. I'm trying to show you life and life more abundant. But this says, when you fall into, not when I put you into, when you fall into various trials, He's still going to be there with you. When we slip and fall on our own accord, when we fall into temptation, <laughs> he's still going to be there. But it's not him. It's us. It says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally without reproach. And it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. That's tough. He is a double-minded man unstable in all of his ways. And this isn't just talking about really big things. Think about this. We come forward and we ask God, we, preachers preaching, and who wants to be healed this morning in Jesus' name? And you're like, I do. I need to be healing. But, so there's faith. I want to be healed in Jesus' name. But I've been forward so many times and it hasn't happened. Doubt. Double-minded. But I think I'm going to get up and go anyways. Faith. You come to the front, faith. You get prayed, faith. You don't feel anything different, doubt. You start to walk back, doubt. Well, I don't feel anything different, so I guess it didn't work this time. Lost it. Why? He says, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You were looking for an immediate and God already promised you you're going to recover. Why? Because they just laid hands on the sick. Can you stand in faith until it manifests? Can you go from believing to believing to believing to believing to believing to then receiving? Sometimes it's a process. God, I'm ready now. Right? Jesus walked by the tree, cursed the tree. It didn't fall over dead. It died at the roots instantly. 
and took a moment to get there. When you pray, there's something that happens instantly and God starts to move. Can you stand on that? Same thing as Peter walking on the water. I love that story. Peter didn't walk on water. He walked on the word of God that said, come. And when he came on the water at the very end, Jesus says, ye of little faith. I'm like, little faith? You can't even talk about little faith. The guy's a human and just got out of the boat in a storm in the waves. That's not little faith. That's incredible faith. But he qualifies it after Jesus, what he was actually talking about. Because it's not about the amount of faith that you have. We know that faith of a mustard seed, just a tiny little bit of faith, can move a mountain. He said, ye of little faith, why did you doubt? You come forward, ye of little faith, and right back there, you doubted. A double-minded man, how does he expect to receive anything from God? That's a harsh thing. To go from believing to receiving is so hard because there's a process in the middle where the devil will try to take that word and steal it from you. And that's why it's careful on what we need to, um, what we let in, what we um, put in our hearts. I'm going to close with this uh, two scriptures here. And you guys remember, um, you guys remember uh, the, the Lord's Prayer? We say it all the time. It's right here in everything. It says, um, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Once you die and you're in heaven. No? On earth, just like in heaven. So your will be done on earth? How? Just like it's in heaven. Wait a second. Are there sick people in heaven? Well, isn't it your will for people to be sick if they're in heaven? Well, then how about here? That kingdom come that on earth as it is in heaven. But we forget that. Is there lack? Is there need in heaven? No. Our God has already promised that I'll take care of you. I'll supply all of your needs. Not just according to your need. According to my riches and glory. And when you're struggling and you've got fear and anxiety of what's going on, I'm going to promise you the peace not just peace, but the peace that passes all understanding. Why? Because it's in heaven. And I want it to be on earth too. So how do we go from getting it from there to there? This is what I'm talking about. You watch what you put in your ears. You watch what comes out of your mouth. And then your heart will be revealed and what's your belief system. So think of this for a moment. This is how it actually works. We come to church... We hear a great message from Pastor Scott. He's going crazy. The crowd's going wild. You do the wave. And he's got this great message. And you guys are like, I believe that. And then we start to say it, right? And you've got five months to live. And you're like, I'm healed in Jesus' name. I'm healed in Jesus' name. I'm healed in Jesus' name. And you don't believe it yet. But you're just saying it. My mom did that for a long time. She said, I can't. I can't get my head around this. It's not, it's all him. If he wants to heal me, he could heal me. Okay? And finally she said, I, I'm going to believe like this, not because I even believe it, but because I need to die or be healed. One of the two, I can't, there's no in between anymore. I'm suffering too bad. 
And um, so she started to say it. She said, I'm going to say this, I'm gonna, but I don't even believe it yet. <laughs> and it, within six months, though, totally healed off of all of her medication, 14 different medications. Her back was healed. Her, she broke her back in a car accident. And she was numb on one side of her whole body, totally came back. And it was a process. It wasn't a, thank you, Jesus, I'm here. It was instant touch. It wasn't. It was every single day. What happens is faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing what? So fear comes by hearing and hearing anything that contradicts the word of God. So what we let in our ears is so important. But then all of a sudden, we'll get this revelation. We'll start to say it. And we're like, why doesn't it work? I'm saying the right things. I'm saying the right things. It's not working. And then we get frustrated and we give up. But it's not coming out of your heart. It's coming out of your head. It's coming out of, I know this is the right thing to say. So I'm going to say it and see if I can trick God to make it happen. If I say it enough, it might accidentally happen. But what happens is we say it enough and faith comes by hearing. So I'm not saying don't say it. I'm saying say it enough because faith comes by hearing. And if you hear yourself say it long enough, you might just believe it. You tell somebody something long enough, they're going to believe it no matter how crazy it is. Right? <laughs> I could go so many ways with that. But once you start to say it long enough, then it gets into your ears again. And then when it gets into your ears, it changes and it sinks down into your heart. And then when it gets in your heart, it changes your belief system enough. And when it changes your belief system to where it is your core belief, then when it comes out of your mouth this way, instead of this way, and never sinking down into your belief system, it comes out of your heart, out of the abundance of the heart, out of the abundance of your belief system, the mouth will speak. And then he calls those things that be not as though they were. And all of a sudden you get a breakthrough like that. Why? Because it's not coming this way anymore. I'm saying it because I'm supposed to say it. It's coming out of it. I believe this so much that I'm going to say it and it's going to happen. How do I know that? Let's look at another verse. This will be my last verse. I promise you or you get your money back. Go into uh, Romans four. And we're going to talk about Abraham for a second. Abraham's uh, talking here to God, and they're going back. God's uh, going to say a few things to Abraham, but Romans 4 and 17, it says this, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He's not the father of many nations yet. And it says, in the presence of him who he believed God who gives life to the dead and calls those things um, which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope, in hope believe. In contrary to hope, when it looks impossible, you still believed. When it looks like this doesn't even make sense, how would this ever happen? I've been given a couple months to live. How could I ever live? Contrary to hope, still believed in hope. I, I, I've got a bill due in a month, and my bank account says zero, and there's no paychecks coming in. Contrary to hope, against all odds, he still believed. So that he became the father of many nations. 
Why? Because in hope he believed. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, that's important, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform. Go back to my first verse where it says grace and peace be multiplied unto you by the revelation of Jesus. It talks about these promises, these glorious promises be multiplied unto you through the revelation of Jesus. This is here, Abraham received it. He did not waver in the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God when it hadn't even happened yet. You're a hundred years old. Your wife's womb is dead. You're going to be the father of many nations. Okay? How many of God told you that today? Some of the older seniors. And you'd be like, I rebuke you. Right? No, thank you, Jesus. A hundred years old. Their body is considered dead. Promised. And Abraham believed him enough that he began to give praise to God. For what he hadn't had. You're going to be the father of many nations. I don't have a son. Thank you, God, so much. You're telling everybody. You're thanking God of how good God is. Why? What happened? I'm going to be the father of many nations. You have a child? Not yet. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Right? He believed when he shouldn't have believed. He believed when it was impossible. And this is what was counted to him as righteousness. It says... And therefore it was accounted to him as righteous. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us. How do we get the Isaac that we haven't seen yet? This is accounted not just to Abraham, but to us. We believe it so much. It's not up here. It's not the good information that we got. It's about the good information that we got and acted upon. That we were the doers of the word. That we made it our word. That we believe this word over any other word that we've heard. That this is more real to us than whatever is right here in our face that's impossible. And then we say, I believe that so much. God, I'm just going to praise you for it right now. It's, it's a difference. I'm going to keep reading this and I'm going to go into that. For not his sake alone, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. He was delivered up because of our offense and was raised because of our justification. The same promise what Abraham had got, the same breakthrough that he got, the same miracle that he got, is not just imputed to him, but for those who believe. For those who believe. It was, it's for you today. And we need to go from that spot where we we block out what we're hearing. We, we watch what was coming out of our mouth. And then we change our belief system by what we hear. Your, your belief system is being changed every single day. You're either going one way or another. <laughs> You're being influenced by something. And so getting that word of God in you on a daily basis. Romans 12, 2. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. By the word of God. It's all there. How to get your victory. How to get your breakthrough. How to go from believing to receiving. But are you willing to put in the work? 
I'd love to lose 20 pounds, but I don't want to go to the gym. <laughs> I'd do anything to be fit except for diet and exercise. Other than that, Lord, do a miracle. I'd do anything to be closer to you, God, except for I'm really busy right now. Spend time and read the word. We want the easy way out. God, I'm going to come forward on Sunday after I've been thinking this way for 30 years, and I need you to change my thinking immediately and get a breakthrough to me. Good luck with that. Now, I've seen miracles happen like that to unbelievers. I've seen God do stuff just to get their attention and say, believe in me again. I've seen it happen. It does happen. But the majority of healing that I've seen in my life is a thought process that begins to change. And you begin to renew your mind to the word, and then it happens. I've seen over and over and over again where people are battling with their own fear. They're battling with their own unbelief. They're battling with, I've done this and this and this, and it's never worked. Why would it work now? Good luck with that. Dare to believe again. Dare to trust the word again. I'm telling you to go from that believing to receiving. We, we say the right things all the time and wonder why it's not happening, but we're literally just parrots repeating what we've heard. It's not coming out of our heart. It's coming out of what other people said. So we're just saying it, mindlessly saying it. Blessed and highly favored, brother. Well, if you're really blessed and highly favored and it's coming out of your heart, then praise God. But if you're saying it because you heard somebody else say it and you don't want to look like you've got troubles going on in your life at church. <laughs> if you've got troubles going on in your life at church, praise God, this is the spot to be. This is not a condemnation message. This is a message where there's anything in your life that's not getting a breakthrough, finances, health, your peace, anything. It's not a condemnation to say, oh, you failed there. No, I need to renew my mind to the verses that give me the promise there. And I need to build myself up in faith in that area. When we have faith, we really believe that the faith in God is that one part that is salvation that I've said the prayer, I'm going to heaven, and God should give me everything else now. The faith is faith in every single part of the word. Every single piece of the word. If I'm struggling in finances and I'm struggling with prosperity and I don't even want to touch that, well, good luck getting a breakthrough in your finances. I, God is the healer, but I don't know if he could heal me. I don't know if he will heal me. I don't know if it's will. Good luck trying to get a breakthrough. You've got to believe first to receive. You've got to believe that he even exists to receive salvation. It doesn't happen accidentally. He doesn't save you so that you believe in him. You believe in him and you are saved. Oh, that's good. I just want to encourage you guys today because I see so many Christians frustrated with God and the Bible and church because it's not happening the way that they think. But the Bible is explaining it, and you're getting exactly what the Bible promises. A double-minded man, how do you expect to get anything? Why? Because you're back and forth every single day. And it's not unbelievers. It's me. <laughs> I can preach this today, and tomorrow somebody can tell me bad news about something, and I will go right there. I'll have to go back and forth. I can be, you know, talking about COVID and how this and that of COVID, and then I'll get COVID, and I'll be like, what? I thought I had the faith, Lord. And I can play all these mind games. It's believing the word of God and his promises and daily reminding yourself, daily getting in the word, daily being renewed. 
It's not you, it's me. <laughs> if it applies to you, great. I go around and I preach at all these different events and you know, it's the same thing. We do the youth conferences and we look at 100 tickets sold last weekend and you know, $600 in fuel for a diesel to go eight hours and that was round trip, okay, and not just one way. And I'm like, God, some kids had better get saved because this doesn't look like it's going to work out financially. <laughs> Where are you at? And I can go right into that negative spot of, why are we doing this, God? Why are we even, is anybody even cared? And then you see kids at the altar. You see a whole bunch more people sign up. You see people give you gifts. You see people there, and you're like, I was just kidding, Lord. <laughs> I know you've got me, <laughs> right? But then the next event is the same thing. It's the people of Israel, the same thing. They see the plagues. They see stuff. They get in the desert. We should just have died. We should go back. It parts the sea for them. They march on through singing and dancing. Get on the other side. Well, I'm hungry and I'm thirsty. We should just die. You know, that's us today. God, I've got victory in you. Oh, there's something bad in my life. Where are you at? God's abandoned me. It's time to believe again and have faith. To go from that believing, staying in the faith, letting it last. The duration of your faith, not the amount of it. Take a little bit of faith, a little tiny bit. Just even do a little bit of faith in him and let it last until it shows up. Amen? Amen. Why don't you guys stand up for a moment? I'm going to pray really quick, and I'm going to give it back to the pastor. And then, hopefully, with the love offering, I'll get my horse. <laughs> you guys are so, so good to us. And, and thank you for standing with Kingdom for so many years and uh, blessing us. And uh, your church has always been, um, you know, Paul talks about, you know, I was able to do this stuff because of this church. You guys have really blessed us over the years, and I thank you guys for sending us all over. Um, but I just feel like today that maybe some of you guys, God's been reminding you of stuff that you gave up on the dream. Maybe you had a promise and you gave up on it because it didn't happen. Maybe it didn't happen yet, but it's still going to happen. Maybe you had faith for a season, but that went away. Maybe you were double-minded, it's time to believe God again and maybe bring some of those, those dead dreams, the promises that God said back to life. Maybe it's time to fight again for your breakthrough. Maybe it's time to not just let the devil run all over you and begin to stand up and fight. Thank you, God. God, we just bless everybody in here, God. I just speak in the name of Jesus, life and victory. God, anybody that needs a breakthrough, God, that today is their day, God, that they would begin to work the word and, and watch the word work in their life. God, that they would be so on fire for you, God, that they would dig into the word and let it change everything that's going on in their life. That they would begin to see miracle after miracle, breakthrough in their family, breakthrough in their finances, breakthrough in their health, God, breakthrough in their own physical body and their emotions, God. God, we speak to any anxiety and fear. God, the, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this season. And I say believe again in the name of Jesus. Let faith arise and your enemies be scattered. Whatever that enemy is right now, just let faith arise in that situation. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name.
Amen.